Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. Hour number two of a little radio program we call Fantasy Sports Today. Dan Strapper, George Kurtz along with you for one more hour. As I said uh, before the break, leading you off to college football today. You want to stay tuned for that on Fantasy Sports Radio and on the Fantasy Sports Network. Getting ready for the day that is in college football. Uh, You did see... um, Hopefully, uh, Rutgers playing Penn State. This would be the one game uh, of the year that I would hope they show up for. I don't know that's going to happen, but uh, hopefully something changes there uh, for the Scarlet Knights and they have a decent game against the Nittany Lions of uh, Pennsylvania State. Uh, Let's continue uh, on to our next contest, a matchup between the Texans and the Redskins. 42 and a half uh, over under minus three, uh, at least where it opened. We'll check uh, live uh, odds here momentarily. Now, George, this is a game that I kind of really like the Sean Watson and uh, obviously DeAndre Hopkins, but I love all sort of the pieces here. Uh, currently sits at minus two and a half for the Texans, uh, 42 over under, so just dropped from 43 down to 42. Uh, am I mistaken here thinking that more offense may happen in this game than the over under uh, is showing us, or am I just missing uh, that this these two offenses aren't really that good to put up the points uh, I might be expecting? Well, I think what they're looking at here is that the uh, the Washington offensive line is non-existent. You know, they have all the all their guys hurt, and Houston's coming off a bye. So I think they expect the really. I mean, I can't blame the odds makers. Washington scored 16 points against the Buccaneers last week. Right. I mean, Buccaneers are a uh, historically bad defense, and you scored 16 points. You won the game. Hey, congratulations! But you scored 16 points. What are you going to do against a good defense? Which in Houston, not a great one. They're 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 good. They're good. Solid coming up with by. They're fresh. I mean, JJ Watt's gonna be licking his chops going up against that offensive line right now. Clowny. I mean, uh, it's not. It doesn't smell good for Washington here. This doesn't smell. This smells like again they may not be able to get ten points here. So I think that's why the uh, your, the over under is where the over under is. It's not so much on the Houston offense. It's what can Washington do? Yeah, Washington's got it's some issues here because see. you think it's of the just, Washington. Just intriguing, day. George. Minus three, though, doesn't that feel a little off if that Washington Redskins defense is uh, offense is that bad? I, I I get it, and I think you're right. I think you're spot on, but it doesn't feel like is that just the road aspect of it that the Texans are on the road to be minus six if they're home? Well, I mean, once again, which the team's going to have a bigger following, Washington or Houston? It's going to be Washington. So more people are going to bet on Washington. People always forget, not you, point. but I'm uh, yep. But I'm talking about the, the, the job. People get all upset. Even the players you hear get upset. Oh, I can't believe we're not favored. We're only favored by this. Blah, blah, blah. The, it's, the betting doesn't go by which team is better. It goes by which team is getting bet on more. You know, the Cowboys, oh, the lines never make really sense because there are a ton of Cowboy fans. Everybody's betting on Dallas. That's going to reflect on the line. Vegas wants even amounts on both sides. This way they'll take the Vegas to make money. 
That's all Vegas wants. They're trying to get in. Where, where's the even number where you can get half on Dallas, half on the other team? In this case, that's what they want. Half on Washington, half on Houston. Well, more people are going to bet on Washington because there's more Redskin fans than Texan fans. That's just the way it is. So the line is actually getting a little screwed up by, uh, by that. Plus, it's at home. So you're going to get your couple of points there. Do I think Houston wins this game? Absolutely. Am I taking Houston as one of my bets? Yes, because I think they're going to cover the three. Uh, I, think they're, I think they're by far the better team coming off the bye. Washington's all sorts of issues on the offensive line. They have all sorts of injuries all over the place. And the addition of ha-ha Clinton Disc seems to have hurt the team more than helped the team in the secondary. All of a sudden, back-to-back weeks, they've been shredded. Granted, it's been by Matt Ryan and Fitzpatrick. Guys have been shredding everybody, but still, they've been shredded. I think Watson may do the same. And the only problem is, if Josh Norman's having a good game, and could, uh, I'm not going to say he's going to take Hopkins out, but he can slow Hopkins down, then maybe Houston can't score a ton of points. Maybe they can't, because, yeah, I don't know. Uh, is Thomas, do we, is he truly incorporated to the offense? I think he is. But, you know, he's not truly a big-time threat yet. Kiki Cutie should be back. That'll help also. But it's not much of a running game here. I don't think Lamar Miller has any kind of game tomorrow here. So that could be that. It's going to be a very easy win for Houston that ends up being 24-10. An easy win. They never, right. The game's never in doubt, but they didn't score a ton of points here. I think that's what Vegas is trying to reflect here. I think it is a good point. And to be fair, you said uh, you weren't talking to me, but uh, the reminder that for anyone looking at lines to predict fantasy outcomes, it is important to remember what Vegas is trying to do. Uh, they're not trying to say this is exactly the situation uh, that is going to happen. It's saying here's how we are going to make money on the, on this game. So uh, a great point and one to reiterate uh, time over time uh, as we talk about fantasy implications of those lines and how they may not be exactly predictive of the outcomes, uh, more uh, indicative, more uh, looking towards uh, what could happen and where the money's going to come in on each side. As I said at the top of this, I think um, DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Demarius Thomas, along with Deshaun Watson, make for interesting plays. Uh, you can even throw Kuti uh, in there as as an option uh, with this Redskins uh, secondary coughing up uh, two weeks in a row of, of big outputs. Uh, you made the point about the offensive line being hurt. George, is it a Jordan Reed week? Is it going to happen? Is this guy going to score? Listen, I know a couple of weeks back uh, I joked about it or I even ranted about it, whatever word you want to use. Uh, he is getting, I think, top five targets at the tight end position, uh, top five receptions. It's just the yardage isn't there and the scores aren't there. Um, so maybe a positive regression here for Reed. Uh, it's an okay matchup versus the Texans uh, from a tight end perspective. Can we Can we get some Jordan Reed love this week, George? What do you think? Uh, I, I think you nailed it. I mean, he's catching balls. You, you know, PPR leagues, you're okay. But in standard leagues, there's not much yardage coming along with it, and there's no touchdowns. I mean, so really it depends on what kind of league you're in. You would think, you know, with, with a bad offensive line, not having a lot of time to throw, Alex Smith has loved his tight ends in the past anyway, that Reed would be having a big year. He really, he really would. You know, but has he regressed, Dan? Has the injuries taken a toll? Maybe he's not the same player he was. You know, maybe it's not. This is not a lot. But maybe Reed is just not. Doesn't have that same burst anymore. He's only twenty-seven. Not like he's thirty-two, thirty-three. Where it's, uh, you know, aggression sh- or injury. The injuries have mounted up here and should really be hurting here. That shouldn't be the case here. It's it's strange. It's just strange. He's got thirty-seven receptions, so he's on pace for what sixty, sixty-five. It's just fine. You know, he hasn't uh, he hasn't had more than that. You know, if you only the eighty-seven to two thousand fifteen, but the yardage is just bad. Only 391, the one touchdown. We, we expected more. We just expected more. I think what's truly disappointing is not the numbers. It's not. It's the fact that he's healthy 
and he, right. those are the numbers. Yeah, we, we would expect those numbers. He's 37 catches, 391 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, well, my God, he must have missed four games. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, we would have thought, oh, he's been hurt most of the year then. No. <laughs> no. Everyone else is hurt. You know, crowd has uh, disappeared. You know, Richardson's on IR, but Reed's been healthy. And that's the numbers you're getting here. I think that's what's, what hurts so much if you have Reed, is that you're getting those numbers and he's been healthy. It is disappointing to say the least. Uh, I said uh, a good matchup against Houston uh, for tight end again using DVOA. They are 31st against tight ends on the year. So uh, maybe it's Jordan Reweek. Maybe this is a game stack. Um, I talk often uh, on here, a good uh, buddy of mine. Uh, always would point out that you want to find the games that you think Vegas got wrong or, or Vegas got is off on because of what I, the narrative I had before. Um, I think that it's more than reasonable um, to think that maybe there's some upside here for a Texans stack and Jordan Reed coming back on the other way. He's maybe the one piece that Alex Smith goes to um, and should be under-owned simply because of such a low over-under uh, from a DFS perspective. So maybe one lineup construction I'll have with uh, some Watson, Hopkins, and some Jordan Reed on the other side. No interest in any running backs here uh, from either team, right? You made mention of Lamar Miller, uh, the Washington Redskins offensive line obviously decimated. No run game to be seen from either team in this one, right, George? Correct. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think you put it perfectly. All right, let's uh, continue churning on here. Steelers and Jaguars. Uh, let's see which Blake Bortles shows up and which Jaguars defense shows up. Obviously, some high-end upside from the Steelers offense simply from the pieces that are in on the field. We could get a, a sighting of a Jaguars defense that uh, in the past has been very, very solid. But uh, this is a, a defense that's been really hard to peg down, uh, figure out who exactly they are. They've been 15th in DVOA against pass, uh, 7th against the rush. You have James Conner, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously from the Pittsburgh side. And from Jacksonville, offensively, I'm not really sure what to make. You do have uh, Leonard uh, Fournette back in the mix. He's at 6,900. I say nice to that uh, because I have to. I'm congratu- uh, con- contractually obligated to say that properly. Uh, but, George, how do you see this one break down? Is this uh, a runaway game for the Steelers and just a better team than the Jaguars? Or do you see uh, this one maybe staying a little closer uh, on the road for Pittsburgh uh, and Pittsburgh? Uh, sorry, uh, Jacksonville finally having Fournette back in the mix? Well, you know, it depends what Jaguars defense shows up. I mean, uh, you, you don't know what this team. They have they have been anywhere near, anywhere near the defense we expected them to be. The offense, in my mind, the offense has been what we expected them to be, up and down, inconsistent. Don't know what you're going to get, you know. So I don't blame it on the offense. The defense, I mean, in fantasy wise, we've moved on from the defense. They had their bye. Most people moved on. No reason to hold on to them. They just weren't playing very well. You can see on the field, Dan, they're fighting with each other. And when something yep. happens, you see players staring at each other and uh, yelling, you know, "Who should have been covering this guy?" You know, uh, with the, either safety, the cornerback, linebackers. I mean, it's just, uh, it's dysfunctional. It's just dysfunctional right now. Uh, maybe it gets settled. I don't think so. You know, uh, tomorrow, James Conner is a uh, past concussion protocol. He's practiced all week. He's fine. You're starting him. No worries there. Uh, Le'Veon Bell is obviously done for the year. Can't play until next year. So that's great news for Conner owners. Not too good for Bell owners. And yes, I've gotten a chuckle this week out of seeing all the, uh, you know, people releasing Bell and who they released him for, generally uh-huh. a defense or a kicker. Uh, listen, I have Bell in a league. I did release him for uh, 
Oh, I think that was for Lamar Jackson, like I said. So that's, that's who I released him for. Uh, so it's been hilarious seeing Hobel, has, you're not, your first-round pick. It's sad. What are you going to do? You move on. Yes, and I'm a bell owner in that league that I'm 5-5 five and five in. I had Connor. I was able to get Connor, so I was able really not to feel the effect of Bell. But I get it. First-round pick's gone. And it's it's frustrating as all hell. And maybe you hate the guy. You're never going to play him again but uh, or never going to draft him again. But uh, you move on. All right, Connor's going to be fine tomorrow. I'm not worried about him. Uh, Roethlisberger. Are we worried about Big Ben on the road? He's been okay on the road this year. There really hasn't been a home and away Ben where you start him at home, you sit him on the road. That really hasn't been the case this year. Not that I'm thrilled about starting him tomorrow, Dan. I'm not. Once again, because you, know, you never know, is this going to be the week where Jacksonville figures it out? You know, and they'll play the defense they were last year. So I do worry about that somewhat. I still have Ben in my top 12, but it's at the bottom of that 12. You know, I'm not dying to get him in there. Antonio Brown, you, you're starting. Smith-Schuster, you're starting. Connor, you're starting. Uh, the tight ends, we could talk about tight ends. I'd rather stay away from McDonald if I uh, could. He's been extremely inconsistent this year. As for Jacksonville, the only person I like is Fournette. You know, now that he's back. Right. And he only played about half the, half the snaps last week. He didn't play a full complement, but he should play a full complement this week. But he's the only person I like tomorrow. I'm not starting Bortles. I'd have to be really desperate. I would start – what were the two quarterbacks we talked about earlier? I would definitely start Dak Prescott over Bortles. Uh, I'd probably start Lamar Jackson over Bortles. Just feel uh, – might as well go for the upside there and see what Lamar can do, assuming he starts tomorrow. And the receivers <sighs> – I just give me some dice. And I'll, I'll roll a number for you to what receiver to, to play. Moncrief, Cole, Didi Westbrook. If I had to pick, I would go Didi. But there's really no rhyme or reason. You just don't know. Moncrief had the big play last week against the, the revenge game against Indianapolis. You know, maybe you get that. Who who knows? But it's so it's just so tough to trust the Jacksonville Jaguars on offense. Agreed. Uh, I don't know that there are many pieces here from a DFS perspective that make a ton of sense. Uh, as we look at live odds for this one, uh, it is a 47 over under minus five in favor of Pittsburgh. Uh, they have a 26 implied total Jaguars with a 21. Any interest from a wagering perspective in, in this contest? Well, I can't take the over under because I, I can't trust Jacksonville. You know, and yep. when I can't trust an offense that that kills your over under right there. So uh, I know I'm not, and I like over unders because I, I generally do. I probably play them more than probably play them more than I should. And now I'm getting into teasers too because I've I've always liked them. Even though I'm, I know if I play a three team teaser that's seven points. I I know I'm going two and one. I can just guarantee it. You know, there's always that one game. There's a reason why Vegas wins on these things because it's so hard to win three even if you get the pick. Uh, minus six and a half at Pittsburgh. So it's a touchdown, pretty much. I'm probably not taking it because I, uh, I just be afraid this is the week that Jacksonville defense figures it out. And I'm not someone who feels like I have to place a bet on every game. My brother is hilarious. He'll have literally. I, I kid you not, Dan. Uh, and my brother's name is Dan, so it's uh, I kid him not too. But he'll have 40 bets. They'll all be for there'll be little bets on uh, you know 40 bets divided by you know about four or five bets a game, and there'll be you know five dollars here, five dollars there. It's like my God, you can't win that way. You had 40 little bets here. You gotta, in my mind, you had to pick three bets or whatever, a small amount of bets and go larger amount of money. You know, and you'll have a better chance of winning here. I think he just does it for the action on each game. Because my brother is strange, Dan. Uh, he's a, a big sports fan, plays in all my fantasy leagues with me, baseball, football, hockey. But he won't watch the games. He's not a, really a fan of any team. He's not a Cowboy fan, Giant fan. He'll tell you he's an Eagles fan, but he's not. He doesn't give a crap. Uh, but he won't watch the games. He'll be with. He'll be watching with me, and he'll have a beer 
a coffee and a soda and drink them all pretty much evenly. That, that lets you know something's wrong as it is. But all he's watching is his computer. So he's watching for his bets and all the games. And he'll tell me, oh, you know, it's for the, uh, the direct TV channel. Go to this game. There's teams in the red zone. So we'll go to that game. That's all he does. So my brother's a strange bird here, but he's going to, he'll have 40 bets going on. He'll, and he'll have them all tracked on a piece of paper. It's like, Mike, you're insane. You're just insane. That's fantastic that the, uh, after all that, that there's a piece of paper involved. <laughs> that there's yeah, a, paper a, 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 I every- kid you not, loose leaf. You know, a Pittsburgh ball to a minus six and a half. He'll circle what he has. Or he'll have some prop bets, too. And, you know, the light of a field goal coming for uh, the first score in this game. It's, it just makes me laugh. I just look at this. I'm like, you're nuts. You're, you're just nuts. Oh man, that's so good. That is so good, and that's how some people uh, digest it all. That's uh, does he does he play DFS or just straight betting on these games? That's the funny thing. I've told him he's not DFS. You would think, knowing what I would do, he would use me for that. You know, but he no, he doesn't play DFS. And even I told him over and over again that I know my brother. I know you'll be better at DFS than you will gambling. You know, play DFS. You know, but he won't. He won't do it. He just uh, he's very stubborn, very much set in his ways. Amazing, amazing stuff. In the next segment, we're going to open up the phone lines. That's 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Taking your phone calls in the next segment here on Fantasy Sports Day. Dan Shaver, George Kurtz. We look forward to talking to you after this on Fantasy Sports Today. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here on Fantasy Sports Today. Sean Engel locking it down on the ones and twos. He's behind the glass producing us every weekend. Uh, Props to him for that. Appreciate the hard work. And the phones are now open. 844-843-6879. Want to hear from you all. What uh, questions you have about week 11. Top plays. Uh, maybe in DFS or whatever you uh, would like to talk about. We're here for you. Uh, we're going to continue on doing our game-by-game analysis while the uh, phone bank queues up. Bengals and Ravens. We talked a good deal about Lamar Jackson uh, earlier, George. Now time to talk about the overall contest uh, between the Bengals and the Ravens. Obviously a very important game when it comes to uh, the AFC North. Uh, one that, uh, along with that Pittsburgh-Jacksonville game, I'm sure many people will have an eye on. Um, I still am not seeing any uh, line on this. Do you still see it as open simply because of no decision on the quarterback? I haven't seen any actual line line open up. Uh, same here. I think they're still waiting here, so he would have had to, had to get that line earlier in the week uh, before there. So, no, no line. All right, so we have no line to go off of here, but obviously a divisional game. We've talked many times over about that, uh, how that can influence it. And we'll talk uh, some of the positional plays here. We do have a caller on the line. Steve from Long Island, how are you this morning? It's Dan and George on Fantasy Sports Today. 
Good morning, guys. I wanted to thank you very much for your accessibility on Twitter. And I also want to wish you guys and your families a very happy Thanksgiving. I got a quick Thanks, handcuff Steve. question. Uh, because of you guys, uh, I'm securely in second place, and I decided to drop a lot of my dead wood, like Riddick and Cobb, and really focus on handcuffs going into the playoffs. And I was wondering if you could just rank them for me in case of injuries and if I have to throw someone back. I have Malcolm sure. Brown. Spencer Ware, Josh Adams, Devontae Freeman, and then I have Royce Freeman and Hines. I'm thinking of dropping those guys in case of an injury, but I wanted your take first. George, you first. All right. I, this, you know, Stephen almost read my mind here because I was going to bring this up earlier in the show a couple yep. of times. I think now is the time you, uh, you get your handcuffs. You know, especially as Steve said, he's securely in second place. In one of my home leagues, I'm securely in first place. I have Todd Gurley picked up Malcolm Brown this week. I know they have a bye next week. I'm well aware. And I tried to get Spencer Ware earlier in the week. I don't have Kareem Hunt, but I just wanted to get to him as well. Uh, I think you're looking at here where you want to make sure you're covered. If you're in a secure spot, where you're not, not, maybe your bye weeks are pretty much over. You're not getting hit hard by week 12 and 13, where – you cover yourself in case of injury. Now, in case of Steve, he wants to be have them ranked. Where is number one for me? Because he's playing. He got some some touches in these games. He's had some value here. Uh, that's why I, I try to grab where before Brown. Brown's value comes in the fact where what if the Rams clinch early? I don't think they will because New Orleans is playing so well, so they're going to have to play for home field, at least through fantasy playoffs. Maybe week 17 they don't, but that shouldn't affect most people here. So I think uh, it's Ware, then Brown for me. Hines, uh, I want nothing to do with. I'll, I'll go uh, away from him. Uh, you mentioned Devonta Freeman. He's on IR. We've heard really nothing about him, so it's so hard to rely on what he's going to be when he comes back here. Very hard to trust. Uh, hard to rank him with these other guys. I'd go Ware, Brown, Adams is up there. My only problem with Adams yep. and Freeman really – I like them both. But Adams needs to be freed and be the number one back there. But Doug Peterson's history tells us he's going to go with the committee. You know, he's going to still play Clement, still play Smallwood here. But I think Adams is the best back there. Let him play. Give him the touches. Give him 12 to 15 touches a game. I think he would do pretty well there. The problem is also this. No secondary for Philadelphia. They're going to give up a lot of points which means it's going to be tough to run the ball consistently. They've got to throw the ball more often here. Royce Freeman has returned. And we heard yesterday that they're pretty much going to go with the hot hand approach. This includes Lindsey, Freeman, and Booker. That's not really great because I think Freeman's a guy who needs – Royce Freeman is a guy who needs to play in order to wear down defenses and take advantage in the second half. He needs the volume, and he may not get that if Lindsey or Booker are playing better early. So I think that's what hurts Freeman here. He needs to play. And he uh, said, I don't think he's going to get that volume. So to rank him for me here, where Brown – Adams, Royce Freeman, Devonta Freeman, Hines. Yep, I dig it. I, I I like Josh Adams a lot, but I agree with you on the Philadelphia situation. It's just it's almost like the New England over the past few years. You just don't know who's going to get the bulk of the carries. Adams seems to be the best back uh, at present, but we'll see. Steve, uh, want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for uh, listening each and every week. Appreciate you over on Twitter as well. So, real quick. Uh, best of luck. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Can I just get one one thing? I'm playing Zeke. And uh, David Johnson, the rest of the way. Should I drop then uh, Devontae Freeman and Hines and pick up their backs, their handcuffs, basically? Well, if you drop Zeke, you're talking Rod Smith and David Johnson, you're talking Edmonds. Uh, 
No, no, because uh, I think in what is it, well, Ware and Brown, I think they'd be pretty good anyway. I don't think Rod Smith would be great if Dallas is out. I think Dallas would be in a lot, a lot of freaking trouble here. And Evans, we've seen almost nothing from. Right? They, they're just now getting Johnson involved here. So no, I'm not dropping. I'm not going after their handcuffs. I'm not. I don't think they have the same value or same. Their uh, backups don't have the same value as your other backups. That's you're what I thought. Here. You know, I, I like Edmonds a lot, but no, I'm not going into their uh, backups. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. You guys have a good one, Steve. Day. You too. Uh, going to stick with the phones here and go to Jason in Wisconsin. Uh, you're on with Dan and George. Fantasy Sports Day. How you doing this morning, Jason? Hey, good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I, uh, you bet. Um, I, got a que- I got a question about a, a questionable trade uh, that was done in my league uh, by the commissioner. About five weeks ago, just before we weren't sure about Le'Veon Bell and all that good stuff, a team that was owing five or whatever the heck they were, uh, he, he, makes it, he wants to make a trade for James Conner and uh, uh, with uh, a couple other guys shuffled in there and Michael Thomas. Well, it, it, we voted on it, which we never do in trades, but it was so shady. We voted on it. Everybody said no. So they shuffled it around and different players, and it went through. Well, a couple days ago, the same commissioner who questioned that trade he goes after James Conner, and and he, and he pushed it through right away. And I, I'm losing my mind here. He he traded uh, he traded Isaiah Crowell. So he traded with a guy who's one and seven. He's out of the playoffs. He doesn't know what he's doing. Fine. He's ignorant to fantasy football. That's fine. But he's having fun, I guess. So he trades Isaiah Crowell. Uh, the guy in last place trades. Uh, he's dumping his team. Trades Isaiah Crowell. I'm sorry. He trades James Conner to to uh, the guy fighting for playoffs. So last place trades James Conner for Isaiah Crowell and Larry Fitzgerald. It's it's not a keeper. Is it? It's a, a redraft league? Redraft, no, you know, it's, it's, a, draft a, re, it's, it's, a re, it's, it's a redraft league. And then I find out Crowell has a bye this week, so he even gets less, or next week, this week. So he even, I mean, what a joke. What's your opinion on that trade? That's terrible. It's, it's when did this trade happen? Trade, yeah. It happened a couple of days ago, and, and the commissioner did it. And generally, the commissioner just okays everything because it's too hard. Nobody votes on trades. You know how that goes. And so, and, and the commissioner himself did it, and he questioned the same shady trade, a different trade a couple weeks ago involving James Conner. Because James Conner can win you a league. We all know that. And so he gets rid of Crowell and Fitzgerald, and he gains James Conner. Generally, when it comes to trading, uh, oh, I don't, ve- I don't veto. Me. I don't. I don't even like. I don't even like vetoes. Uh, there should never be vetoes. Oh. Veto, people vetoes for everything. This is not a great trade. It's certainly not. I obviously, obviously, everybody's going to want to be on the Connor side here. Uh, is it enough where I'd, I'd flip out about? No, probably not. I mean, uh, you can make an argument that Crowell and Fitz uh, in some weeks will have more points than Connor. But the problem is that's true. But Connor and whoever he replaces. I guess fits with will have more points than Crowell on fits. Um, I mean, you don't like to see it. There are rules you can put in place to uh, eliminate this, and that is anyone if in redraft leagues, anyone who's out of the playoffs, your team is now frozen. Yeah, if, if you once you're yeah. mathematically eliminated, if he's not mathematically eliminated, then there's nothing you can do. I mean, uh, I don't know. One in seven could be eliminated, could not be uh, eliminated in your league. Actually, it would have to be one in eight or one in nine in week 10. So uh, if, he's math- math- if he's mathematically eliminated, you say, hey, your team's frozen, your team's dead to avoid this. But if he's still in play of, or she's still in play of contention here, 
then uh, there's nothing you can do. I, I'm a big believer that you only veto trades in which there's collusion. Other than that, owners have to be allowed to make their own mistakes. And it's so yeah. it's so hard to pr- prove collusion and prove the the actual negative side of it. But listen, I I hear you, Jason. And I think it's a frustrating situation to be in. My suggestion, whenever this something like this comes up, and obviously friends and family leagues and your long-standing leagues, it's tough to to leave. If you feel like the league's not being run right, don't come back next year. Like, just it's not worth the aggravation. It's not worth the situation. I had to leave two leagues because of it in the past, where the commissioner was clearly, you know, juicing the skids a little bit when it came to trades. Um, and it just is something you have to make a decision on. I agree with George. It's not the worst trade. It's not obviously a problem, um, but I do think it's. I understand the frustration. I think, uh, especially yourself, trying to battle for playoffs, seeing that sort of deal go through can be can pre- be pretty rough. We're gonna move on on the phones, Jason. Thanks for the call we're going to know mike in pennsylvania mike you're on with dan and george fantasy sports today hope you're doing well what's up all right good morning dan george so uh, let me explain the situation my league it is a uh holdover league idp league receptions start at one point for seven receptions and another point for every two receptions after that 75 wow. yards receiving the point, and every 25 after that, the point. So my question is for my third receiver, I've got to make a choice between DJ Moore, Christian Kirk, or Traycon Smith. What do you guys think about that? George, before you go, that's a lot of math you're dealing with there, man. Like, that's, that's a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> it's all like raising it to the third power there as you go through. But George, well, I I think more makes the most sense off off top of my head. But is there a, a matchup or a play there that you like better from uh, the the week over week matchups? Well, yeah, they all should have value tomorrow. And by the way, that is a league I've right. never heard of. Not all not all put together. I've heard that, you know some leagues we have one of those categories. But man, not each one. As Dan said, I was promised there'd be no math today, and uh, I was lied to. Uh, I'm going with DJ Moore here as well for what we stated earlier. I think Slay will follow Funches around. I think that could eliminate his value. Where Cam's going to now look to Moore. But you know what? I like Kirk. I like I like Kirk last week too, and I bit it. You know, he bit the dust last week, but I like him again this week. They're playing Oakland. Oakland doesn't care. They don't want to win. They want to play for a draft pick. Traquan Smith was a donut last week, so he's got the same problem as Kirk. I like him again. They're playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia has no one left in their secondary. You would think in the Dome this would be a good Traquan Smith day. I think it will, but I can't gamble on that. And when you have DJ Moore, who I feel better about, I think each – Odds are you're going to pick the wrong one here because I think they all have value. I think DJ Moore gives you the – that's just the way it is. I like all three of these guys. But odds are you'll pick the, you'll pick the wrong one here. But I like DJ Moore the best here only because I think Funches is going to be eliminated by Slay. It's uh, the, the game show paradox, right? You know, what's behind uh, door number one, door number two, door number three. It's going to be the GOAT. It's going to be the GOAT. So uh, good luck. Uh, but I, I, I think there is value to each of them. Uh, and that is a crazy league. Like, and I was half kidding about the math, but that is a lot to take into consideration when you're trying to formulate projections. I wouldn't want to see someone's spreadsheet uh, doing that week over week, trying to uh, do that extra step. We're going to close out our uh, segment here with the phones with uh, none other than Kenny from Philadelphia. Kenny, let's let's bring let's it hard for a here. second. He's here. Don't worry. And I'm How still trying to come up with a proper uh, name for How his segment George? here. Hey, Danny. So, uh, Kenny, Dan, George, how you doing this morning? 
Uh, I'm all right. That was some great advice you just gave. Uh, actually, that Carolina game might be, you know, Carolina inside, fast, fast, fast track. So that uh, that DJ Moore play actually might be might be pretty good here. I got a I got a season long question. I mean, this is absolutely pitiful. I, I'm embarrassed. I'm about to ask this question, but <laughs> I need I need one. Oh, gosh, Brandon LaFell, Seth Roberts, or or Reynolds from uh from uh, <laughs> from the Rams. I need good one Lord, guys. Kenny. <laughs> I know, I know, but I need no. one. This is three wide receiver yeah. league starting, so I mean. Can I answer probably 500 questions a week uh, so between Twitter and the Slack channel for other experts and whatever else? I have not received one LaFell or Roberts question. I can well, LaFell's been that. getting the targets. I mean, I'm, I know he sucks, but he's been getting the targets here, so I mean. <laughs> he has, he has. And uh, the problem is there could be some Patrick Peterson involved there because Jordy Nelson's out, Martavis Bryant's out. There's just no one left. I mean, there's no nope. one left on Oakland. I'm going Josh Reynolds here. I think this is going to be a track meet on Monday night. I think a lot of points are going here. Reynolds was a very popular pickup again this week off the waiver wire. Uh, I don't. He's certainly not going to be used like Cooper Cup was. But he gives you the best chance of getting it to the end zone here. I'll take Reynolds. Right. All right, on to uh, DFS. Uh, the, the, the word that is free freeze that page this weekend, guys, is eat the chalk. It's chalk out there. Just eat it. I mean, the Tampa Bay game, the Tampa Bay Giants game, eat the chalk. I can give you guys some pivots off of it. You know, every, no one's going to play, uh, no one's gonna play uh, Evan Ingram at 4,100. No, if he can fall into the end zone. That'll be good. Uh, DJX, nobody's probably going, not going to play. Everybody going to be all over Evans, OBJ, and of course Barkley and uh, and uh, Shepard and all, all those guys. So uh, we got that game. Everybody's going to be on Philly, New Orleans. You know, eat the chalk again. I, I say Traquan Smith does have some production this week for sure inside the dome. You know, Breeze loves to go deep, and the Eagles are down those two 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 uh, starting cornerbacks. So yeah, you can eat that chalk too. Uh, I love the the, uh, the Hopkins play you uh, you said earlier there, Dan. Um, but now I'm gonna give you some some pivots off of those guys. Keenan Allen sure. at six. Keenan Allen at 6700. No one's gonna play him. No one's gonna. No one's thinking about the rant the, that uh, that a four o'clock game. So, and also I think Pittsburgh is very vengeful. So I think they're gonna try to run up the score here on Jacksonville. But like you said, Jordan, you don't know what Jacksonville team you're gonna get here. But I love Juju Smith Schuster at uh, 6800. So. He's a good play. Uh, Galloway, I'm not sure. Galloway, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I definitely play him up. Defenses, I know you guys got to go here. Uh, Cincinnati, if we don't know who the quarterback for Baltimore is going to be, I mean, typically these these uh, these games are pretty tight. So I love Cincinnati's defense, New Orleans, Arizona, of course, and the, and the uh, Chargers area. So uh, that's all I got. I know you guys got to run. I know I was a little late today, so. <laughs> uh, we will dock your pay, Kenny. Don't worry. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I appreciate you calling in. Uh, as uh, Steve said before, happy Thanksgiving to everybody, obviously, as we uh, roll sure, towards man. the holiday season. Uh, appreciate you being part of the program each and every week, Kenny. Um, I think he's right, George. I think chalk is going to be a large uh, part of the, the week in DFS. I, I think it's good chalk. Uh, you often hear uh, DFS analysts talk about good chalk and bad chalk. And you need to still be cognizant of matchups and, and aware of where you think games scripts 
will go. Um, but I think there's a lot of good chalk this weekend. And you find the one or two pivots to get off, you know, to, to have uh, a little bit of a differentiated lineup. Uh, you've heard George week over week talk about playing Mahomes, playing Gurley. It's worked out pretty well um, for those high-priced uh, players. Obviously not uh, this week, uh, but uh, have a lot to uh, to digest there still. We have some games to get to still. Uh, we have a DFS and wagering discussion to get to, and we'll do all that in our next segment. Want to remind you yet again, coming up top of the hour, college football today right here on uh, Fantasy Sports Radio and on the Fantasy Sports Network. They're going to get you ready for all the games in college football. Uh, you'll hear uh, some wagering there as well. Make sure you're prepared for that slate. We have a few more games to get to for Week 11 of the NFL. We'll do that on the other side of this break. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz, Fantasy Sports Day right here on none other than the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. segment here on Fantasy Sports Today. Have a few games to get to. We'll try to power through uh, the 1 last 1 p.m. and the 3, 4 p.m. that we have to cover. Uh, it is funny. We talked about in the uh, previous segment about the no line on the Ravens-Bengals game, George. Uh, I tend to use uh, ESPN.com as sort of what I scroll through to look at the games, and they have the that players to watch section. And it just says Joe Mixon. There's no pass. There's no receivers because they have no idea what's happening here. So uh, pretty funny to see that. Uh, what pieces here? You talked about Lamar Jackson at uh, length before. Don't know that we need to necessarily rehash it all. But who are some of your favorite plays in, in this Bengals-Ravens matchup? Dude, I'm looking at my bookie. Still no line here as well. So they're all waiting. We're all waiting to find out who the quarterback is going to be, which we may not know until game time. Yep. I would think... It's going to be – I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson, but I think Griffin's going to play as well. So I think RG3 is going to play some. I, I, we, we pretty much know it won't be Flacco is what you know here. And I think this – I think redraft uh, fantasy-wise, I'm not starting any receivers here. No Brown, no Sneed, no Crabtree, no thank you. Uh, even Collins, I think it hurts his value as well if it's uh, Lamar Jackson because if it's Lamar Jackson – and you said it earlier, and I completely agree. You know, passing can be an issue here, which means you're going to have – more defenders in the box to stop Lamar Jackson from running and therefore stopping Collins from running. It's really, it's pretty simple. It's We're not breaking ground here. When you want to beat somebody, if you can't throw the ball, well, he's going to run the ball. You stop the run. Make him f- force him to beat you with the pass. Once he proves he can, then things will change here. But maybe he can't. You know, maybe tomorrow's not the day here. So I think that's what we're going to see here. I think you're going to see uh, a lot of the fitness near the box, the star, slow down Jackson, slow down Collins, and it could, it could just be a slog of a game here. We just don't know what we're going to see. And uh, Jackson also missed a day of practice on Thursday, I believe it was, with an illness. He's fine, but he missed a day of practice. That doesn't help any either here. So um, bottom line is I'm not liking 
the the Ravens' offense at all on the on Sunday. I'll I will debate about starting Lamar Jackson over Stafford. I'll uh, debate about that tomorrow if I hear what I want to hear about Lamar Jackson, and I don't know if I will honestly. As for Cincinnati, you're starting Mixon. AJ Green's out. Uh, I know he's listed as doubtful. He's not going to play. Uh, Ross is also banged up. I think he's got a groin injury offhand, so he's banged up here. Tyler Boyd really disappointing last week. Uh, maybe he's not. You know, we automatically assume. Boyd was having a great year as the number two. But, you know, a lot of that's because defenses are worried about Mixon. They're worried about A.J. Green. Boyd's an afterthought. Well, now he's not an afterthought. Now he's the wide receiver one. They're preparing for him. He's playing the the, the cornerback one. So maybe he's not that. You know, maybe he's not going to have a good game again. I've been shying away from him a little bit when the matchup, when people ask questions and they have other great receivers here. You know, or the very good receivers here. Uh, you may not be able to do that. The same thing in your fantasy league. But I, the bottom line is I don't know if you can expect big things here. So you may want to be careful here, assuming Boyd has another big game. So it's an interesting game, but like Vegas, with no line, we really don't know what's going to happen either, not until we see who the quarterback will be for Baltimore. I think we're going to get a a Joe Flacco-Willis Reed moment. He's going to come walking out of that tunnel. Strap it on and put up 400 yards. I'm kidding. I don't think he's actually yeah, going to play. Yeah, I think it's going to be, be fun. Like Roger Starback and Craig Morton in the uh, 70s <laughs> where uh, one quarterback starts and the other one brings in the play and he plays the next play. It'll be, I, think it'll be, I think it's going to be a strange circumstance here. Oh, my. That would be so amazing. Like, you see the old school, like, trotting onto the field with, with the play back and forth. You see that in high school still a little bit. Um, Did you see the Harbour interview awesome. yesterday? No, I didn't. He's playing it for all it's worth. I mean, he's making Star Trek references during the interview yesterday, saying he likes Kirk better than Spock. And then he does a little A-team about how he loves it when a plan comes together. I mean, uh, he's just going, he's, just, he's enjoying it. He's, listen, he, I'm sure he knows what he's going to do, but he's trying to keep everyone guessing, competitive advantage and all that. Let the Bengals figure out who we're going to start. But uh, bottom line is this, Dan, I think they both play. Not Flacco, Jackson and uh, RG3. Yep, uh, and that's going to be a tough sell when it comes to season-long DFS. Just uh, if Robert Griffin III somehow has a hot hand, which seems unlikely, uh, you may, again, the Ravens are fighting for their playoff lives right now, and they have a, a, an, a, an outside track uh, in the AFC North, and this game would go a long way to, to helping vault them there. Uh, quickly moving through our 4 o'clock games, and maybe we can do these as a whole. Uh, go, Let's go Eagles-Saints first, simply because it's the 56.5 over-under. It's obviously... Uh, an all-start, right? This is um, the Saints pieces are, are all in play. Eagles pieces, Wentz. Um, you have uh, Ertz, and, and then you have some of these running backs that will probably stay away from. Uh, let's talk Alshon Jeffrey. How do you feel about Jeffrey this week? Do you think he is a wide receiver one upside, or is this simply an Eagles offense that doesn't roll that way? Uh, I don't think he's, I don't know about wide receiver one upside. He's a play. I Me mean, starting him. Uh, so I'll put him as a wide receiver two here. Uh, listen, they're going to throw the ball a ton. Well, as Kenny said it, I said it, you said it. Eagles are decimated in the secondary. All right, they're gonna they're gonna be trailing in this game. Uh, I don't know if the ones are gonna score at will, but it'll be pretty close to that. So they're gonna have to throw. So you're gonna have to start Wentz. I think Golden Tate uh, figures it out this week. Really, really shocked that he wasn't the bigger part of the game plan Sunday night uh, against Dallas. That did Tate, uh, Tate is pretty much eating Dallas's lunch when he was with Detroit. He had two weeks, so you would have figured he would have known the offense, yet only played 18 snaps. Strange. He's got to play more this week. I think he does some damage here. Uh, so I'm starting him. Ertz, of course. Wentz goes. Um, I said it earlier. I'm not touching the running backs. You're going to need a touchdown because I don't think they're going to run the ball that much. So Adam Smallwood, uh, Clement, no thank you. Uh, as for the Saints, it's funny. As great an offense as they have, there's only really four players you can start. Breeze. Yep. 
Kamara, Ingram, and Thomas. I think Traquan Smith's going to play well here, but I, you know, you just don't know. You just don't know uh, if Brees going to use him in this game. Ben Watson could also be a play as well if you need a tight end here. He is uh, between that 10 and 14 range, so he could be a play as well. But I just find this a strange Saints offense where there's only three or four players you can start here, and they, yet the offense is so great. So it's a, it's a strange situation. But I, 56 and a half, I tend to like my overs here. I think points are going to be put up on the board. I, I'm uh, right there with you. I think this is one where I'll, I'll take the over and see uh, what happens. It's going to be a fun one to watch at 4 o'clock. Uh, let's touch on Broncos Chargers next, uh, seeing a 46 over under, minus 7 uh, favorite uh, here in favor of the Chargers. Kenny brought up Keenan Allen. I think it's a great call. I think this is one of those games that will go uh, underlooked, and the Chargers obviously have some uh, gigantic offensive upside here against a Denver defense that has been middling uh, on the year uh, at times, depending on matchup and depending on uh, the defense they're going against. I think Melvin Gordon makes for a really great play against this Denver rush defense. Uh, what do you got in this matchup and, and any pieces that you think uh, maybe should be benched that you don't like the matchup for one reason or another? Yeah, what can I say? Eat, eat the chalk. Uh, eat the chalk. Eat, you know, I had a 12th grade math teacher that, that I, I swear ate chalk. <laughs> he had chalk everywhere. I mean, he had chalk in his pockets, in his mouth, his clothes. I mean, boy, once again, I know I'm dating myself. Do they even use chalk in the classrooms nowadays? Uh, I guess not. They have the dry erase boards and everything else. But yeah, we used chalk back then. He had chalk everywhere. I think this guy really... F- I think his life fed on chalk. Anyway, uh, Keenan Allen, you know, the numbers will tell you he's not a good start tomorrow. The last two games against uh, Denver, numbers aren't there. They shut him down pretty well here. So I don't know if I'm going that direction. And Phillip Rivers, really outside of week one, hasn't had a big fantasy day. He's been solid, but not a big fantasy day. Uh, not starting Rivers uh, tomorrow as far as DFS is concerned. Uh, year long, you you may have to. But he's not, he's barely in my top 12. You might be able to do better here. There might be some more upside. Denver coming over by good defense anyway. Case Keenum, no. Uh, I already mentioned earlier. They're going with the hot back here. That's Lindsey, Freeman, Booker. I still like Lindsey the most out of this. But, uh, you know, this is it's annoys me about Freeman is I truly believe he's the, he's a volume back. He needs touches to wear down with defense, and he's not going to get those touches. So it's frustrating uh, about how Denver's using him. Uh, I don't think it'll pay off for them. Uh, as for the uh, passing game, you're starting Emmanuel Sanders. Can't see how you're not. Uh, Cortland Sutton. Possibly, although I'm not completely on board with that. Joey Bosa may be back for uh, Los Angeles, and that would be a huge, huge uh, putback there. He's one of the best defensive players in the game to get that uh, pressure up the middle on the quarterback. Uh, Keenan Allen goes. Melvin Gordon goes. I already said Rivers goes. Not going anywhere near the Williams brothers. I, yeah, I think that's a little bit too hard a uh, nut to crack on a week-over-week basis. Uh, I, I More and more from a DFS perspective, uh, like the Keenan Allen call from Kenny, and we'll probably have uh, a decent amount of shares there. Melvin Gordon just makes so much so much sense uh, in this matchup uh, that uh, probably will end up being somewhat chalk, even though I do think this game will go more overlooked than it should from a DFS perspective. Closing it out with potentially a... Game on par with the Bills and Jets. Uh, Raiders, Cardinals here. Arizona favored because they're at home, I suppose, and the Raiders are just that bad. Uh, You have Josh Rosen, Derek Carr. Obviously, David Johnson has some major upside in this matchup with the Raiders. You could talk about Larry Fitzgerald being at least viable because of the matchup as well. Uh, Any pieces here that you're uh, begrudgingly starting in what could be uh, one of the worst games of the season? Well, you said it. Um, remember, remember last week I said, uh, you know, that Bills-Jets game was on that TV, the furthest away from my eyesight? Well, that's a TV the Oakland 
Cardinals game will be on. The Raiders don't want to win. They just don't care. Uh, they, they want that number one pick and go from there. Uh, I'm not starting Carr. I'm not starting anybody in the receiving game here. I could see you having to start uh, Doug Martin and or Jalen Richard in uh, in PPR leagues, and I'm okay with that. You know, running backs are too valuable. I get it. But really, uh, when was the last time one of these guys scored a touchdown? So good luck there. Uh, Arizona is everyone's, I mean, everyone's favorite streaming defense this week, and I don't blame anybody for it. <laughs> I would do it too. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of Arizona's defense this week. Uh, Fitzgerald looks healthy. They're getting him the ball. He's a start there. David Johnson, hey, they freed him. They figured out how to use him. It really comes down to Christian Kirk. And I liked him last week. Didn't pay off. You like him again this week. You know, he's in that wide receiver three flex category for you there. If you need a wide receiver, you would think they'll get him the ball. He's a weak Raiders team here. Uh, yeah, some risk involved, obviously, if he's not part of the game plan. But Kirk could be a play for you as well if you need receiver help. Uh, lots of uh, viable plays here, as uh, terrible as that may be, just simply because the defenses are uh, such a, a rough go. So to point out, the Cardinals defense could be pretty big chalk uh, from a DFS perspective, but a bit of an elevated price point. Now, 3100 isn't terrible, but uh, still above 3K over there on DraftKings, so not necessarily a price point I'm overly enamored with going with, uh, simply because... You know, Carr could put up some points. I, I, I get it. I get that Oakland's been terrible. I get that they've traded away pieces and that uh, the, the likelihood isn't there. But uh, I don't know that's that's the chalk I necessarily want to eat. I'd rather go much cheaper uh, at defense and take a risk uh, down maybe on the Texans at 2600 or or one of the teams in that $2,400, dollars uh, dollars uh, range. Even maybe the Giants at 2400 I know points are going to be scored there, but it feels like uh, a definite scenario where Ryan Fitzpatrick could have at least a couple of uh, picks thrown in that contest and the price point's cheap enough uh, that it might be worthwhile. Uh, We have about five minutes left. Don't want to rush through too fast, but do want to get George's wagering takes here. Uh, You talked earlier about not needing action on every game like your brother with his uh, scratch paper and loose leaf, but uh, what do you got this week? Uh, amazing. What do you got this week, George? What What are some of the uh, wagers you have in place or ones that, as we talked through this morning, you may uh, look towards on uh, Sunday morning? All right. Now I'm taking Houston minus three and a half against Washington. I like that. I think uh, Houston's. I just think they're the better team coming off a bye. It's an important game. So I like Houston a whole bunch in this game. Uh, I just think, like I said, I can't see how they don't win this game. I, I really can't. Washington can't score and really uh, they, they just have all sorts of issues here. I'm thinking about this Carolina minus five. I, I hate taking two road teams here, but Carolina minus five against Detroit. Detroit, not much left the passing game here. I mean, it's, it's Galloway a bust. The defense still hasn't played all that great either. You know, Matt, Matt Patricia, by the way, is an awful at the, uh, I wonder if he's going to get himself fired for these interviews he keeps giving. He just looks like he wants to fight the media. You know, that that doesn't work. But uh, I like I like Carolina a lot in this game. Five's a little bit more than I'd want to uh, give, but I'm certainly leaning towards it. So that's my second one. And I, you know, it's funny. It's 63 and a half. But I think this game could be over 80 points Monday night. I mean, yeah. really, can either one of these teams stop the other? It's 63 and a half. That's, that's, that's a good crazy. Point. That's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I, I want to touch on that game. I want to touch on that game here as we close it out because I, I put a note down to do just that. Typically, we don't cover off on the Monday game just simply because of time. But uh, move from Mexico City to L.A. because of field conditions. Uh, Shakira's hips don't lie, apparently, and tore up that field. Um, 
you have Rams, you have Chiefs, you have two air raid offenses, or at least one air raid offense and one Sean McVay's brain doing what it does. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. Um, do you see any asset on either offense that you would sit? Is there anyone that you think has a bad matchup individually or folks that you think uh, could have a, a bad game here? I, I don't see it myself, but wondering if you have any eyes on someone that you may think be uh, on a downside play in this Monday Night Football. Uh, you're starting Mahomes. You're starting golf. Uh, you're starting Hunt. You're starting Gurley. You're starting Cooks. You're starting Woods. You're starting uh, maybe Watkins. Maybe if you don't, we don't like what he. Uh, maybe you can't if you uh, if you can't make a late move and you don't have anybody else in KC. You're worried about the injury a little bit. Maybe Watkins is that guy you can't start. But I want to start him. But because of the injury, maybe I can see that. You're certainly starting Kelsey here. I really. Oh, who are we going down here? I think Reynolds is probably that guy you go as far as a known player. You're going down to, and obviously you, maybe you don't start Reynolds depending on what else you have there. He is a risk. So uh, once again, if you have a Kansas City Ram, a Kansas City Chief, or a Los, Los Angeles Ram player on your team, and you're not starting him, why the hell is he on your team? I mean, really, why is he on your team? And looking at Watkins now, what he's questionable at best to play, where you're going to be real careful. He didn't practice Friday. It is three days. Come Friday, it was three days away. Things could certainly change, but I'm not risking a zero with Watkins. If you don't have anybody else ready to go in that game, if you had Reynolds or Watkins, you get to choose one, but who's inactive, that's great. You can make that uh, decision at 7 7 p.m. Monday night. But if you don't have a situation like that, then you're going to more than likely have to stay away from Watkins. And start whoever else you have in the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games or the night game Sunday. So uh, be, be very careful of that. I want to start Watkins. I do. But the fact that he missed practice on Friday scares the hell out of me. Although, tech, uh, keep in mind, it's a Monday night game. So that Friday practice is really a Thursday practice. What he does today, what we hear today, will really tell you more yep. about his availability for Monday. Minute 30. Yep. Ooh. All good points. We have uh, just a short while here. We're going to close out the show each and every week. Georgia and I are with you from 8 to 10 a.m. Getting ready for that week in NFL. Thank you to everyone who has joined us uh, up until now. I do want to say a very happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, We'll be back on the other side of that, obviously, as the holiday season starts to roll in. Uh, I've already heard a little bit too much Christmas music for my liking, but uh, we'll, we'll get through it. We'll, we'll make it through to the other side. I'm a big, uh, I, don't, I don't put Christmas music on until Thanksgiving's over. I, I, I have to get through one holiday before I move on to another. So we'll, we'll get through. We'll make it work. Best of luck here in week 11. Uh, find George over on Twitter, at George Kurtz. Find him here on Fantasy Sports Radio uh, in the second half of the day tomorrow. Find him over at rotoexperts.com as well, doing uh, yeoman's work uh, each and every week, answering tons and tons of questions. So uh, you can check out their product over there. And don't forget, it's uh, dailyroto.com for all your daily fantasy needs. You can get uh, a free week of content over there by using the promo code TG18. Again, TG18 for dailyroto.com. You got a five-day trial. With all that said, special thanks to Sean for producing today, to George for great content, to all the callers during our call-in segment. We appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget, coming up next, college football today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on the Fantasy Sports Network on the television side. With that said, best of luck in your week 11 lineups. We'll see you next week right here on Fantasy Sports Today.